um, I was thinking about uh, just trying to preach um, a sermon about the three different levels of anointing and studying David, but then I found eight different areas of anointing, and I realized I wouldn't be able to get all that into one sermon. So my goal this morning is to just cover the first level. I found out that it's a lot in and of itself. So we're going to talk about just the first level uh, of this anointing. And uh, we begin reading in 1 Samuel 16, 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? See, and I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice. Everybody say, Sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the, everybody say, Sacrifice. And I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the So now you know what the first level of anointing is. Sacrifice. You don't have anointing without sacrifice. If you have anointing in your life, it's because someone went before you that sacrificed. And if you're sacrificing in your life and you don't have anointing, your children are going to have anointing. They always go together. Even if it's not in the same generation, you don't have one without the other. And I know we're living in the 21st century where people won't just drive by anointing. They just want to come by and God just blow on them, make everything wonderful, and they just go back to leaving, living like the devil. But I'm going to tell you something right now. There is sacrifice that's involved for true anointing. And God is calling First Pentecostal Church to a place of double portion of anointing and authority. But we got to get this foundation right. And if we do, God will honor the rest. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. We know that David sacrificed. We know that David was out tending the sheep. Nobody wanted to do that because they're messy. They make a lot of noise. They yap a lot. They got a lot of problems and troubles. And they get into fall off cliffs and get in briars and bushes. And animals come to take them. And nobody wanted to mess with the sheep. It's kind of like who wants to go out there and mess with the dog, you know, and clean up after the dog. I don't know. We have something going on with our dog right now. We're not sure what it is, but we have a black lab. And I don't know if she's out drinking the pool water or what. But for some reason, she's decided now that she's seven years old, she don't want to be bothered with going into the yard to make her mess. She's just doing it right on the porch. So we come home, and there's the dog with all of her mess. I think it's because she doesn't like the thunder and the lightning or whatever. But, you know, even when we take her on a walk, you know, I got all these nosy neighbors looking out the window and making sure I'm running around with a little plastic bag in my hand that I'm going to... Not always really good with that plastic bag business. I, I try to get the dog to just go in the woods somewhere. But no! She'll get right in front of the Homeowner Association president's house and drop a load right on the sidewalk. Aggravates me to death. 
It's a sacrifice. You got to pick up. Then you got to walk around with it. My boys, they got tickled me one time. I was so upset with Liberty. She did this thing and I was like, I know to go in the grass. Why did you go around the sidewalk right in front of Steve's house? What were you thinking? I was so upset with her. I picked up the plastic bag and tied it all and I tied it around her collar and made her walk with it right by her face. You remember when I did that? They were so upset. They're like, we can't believe you're doing that delivery. I'm like, she needs to, if she's going to drop it, she's going to smell it all the way home. Nobody wanted to mess with the sheep. Send David out there. They didn't even worry about calling him to the house. When Samuel said, hey, one of your sons is going to be the king now. They lined them all up. They all looked like they could be king material. They were well-groomed. and They were muscular and strong and leaders that had trained right. And God goes, and he's got his little horn of oil. And God's like, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. He starts back at the beginning of the line again. Not him, not him, not him. Goes through seven brothers. Finally, he says, do you have any more sons? Oh, yes, David. Little David. We forgot about David. Well, he's out tending the sheep. He's already sacrificing. That's why the anointing was looking for him. Woo! The anointing looks for those that are sacrificing. Doing what nobody else wants to do. Got a heart for the house of God. For the things of God. For the people of God. For a move of God. Samuel said, you better go get him. And we're not going to sit down until he gets here. You imagine all them brothers. We've never had to wait for David. We don't, we can't even sit down. You know what Samuel was saying? I already know he's going to be the next king. So you might as well get prepared now. You're going to be standing when he comes in the room. You might as well go ahead and get ready now. It boggles my mind how people want to sit like cemetery plots with faces and not worship God and then somehow think they're going to be in heaven throwing their crowns worship if you can't worship God here how are you going to worship God there you think all of a sudden you're going to get a glorified body and want to worship God you better go ahead and practice now what you expect to do then Woo! hallelujah Samuel said, we're not going to sit down until he gets here. Because the king is coming. The king is coming. You mean little old David? You mean the guy back there with the sheep? The anointing seeks out the sacrificer. Woo! Hallelujah. Let me just say this to somebody in this building. We just talked about consecration. You've never prayed a five-minute prayer but that God didn't make record of it. You've never sacrificed. I told the early service, people that wrote that song, easy like Sunday morning, they never brought little kids to church. <laughs> never did it. Ain't nothing easy about bringing a two-year-old to church. Easy like Sunday morning. That's people just hanging around waiting for football to start. They never come to church. Because if you've ever come to church with a little one, you know it's a sacrifice. 
get them all dressed up and all of a sudden it's a big mess you're wondering what happened I just fixed you up somebody throws up somebody's had an accident somebody spilled food on there and you get to church you're all haggard you look like you've just been run over by a Mack truck you never come to the house of God one time but that God didn't take notice of it oh it's a sacrifice I know to come to church on a Wednesday night after working all day that's why all y'all walk gonna be here Wednesday night Sunday is the only day y'all go to church oh yeah see he got quiet right there you see how see how that works <laughs> got quiet boys why it's called sacrifice work hard all these I gotta put my feet up man I'm just I'm wore out Woo! but somebody said I'm gonna go to church anyhow even though I'm tired and got in a fight with my husband I'm gonna come anyhow Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night prayer meetings it's hard I mean some folks get up early and pray before they go to work what I don't think I could ever do that but you get up early to exercise because the doctor said you're going to die if you don't start walking 20 minutes a day. All of a sudden you're like, I'm getting up, I'm going, I got to walk in the morning. <laughs> it's a sacrifice. Serving God is a sacrifice. It's not just, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips. It's a sacrifice. You're not going to serve God for long without realizing there's some things you're going to have to say no to that your flesh is saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. There's some relationships you're going to have to say no to that your flesh is saying, come, 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 come. You've got to back away from some things that are trying to destroy you. There's a sacrifice that's involved in walking with God. Before we get to David, though, this journey that the anointing put him on, we have to look at the one who God used as the vessel, which was Samuel. Samuel was a man whose life was literally marked by sacrifice. He was a person who was well familiar with success and rejection. Spiritual highs and physical lows, triumph of his relationship with God and the tragedy of his disappointment with humanity. He had a lot of disappointments. His sons disappointed him. His king, Saul, they anointed, disappointed him. Eli, his mentor, disappointed him. There were a lot of disappointments in Samuel's life. But Samuel had a God who never failed him. Folks, can I tell somebody in this building today, I don't know who may have disappointed you, but God is a faithful friend. I said he's a faithful friend. Not long after Samuel hears the voice of God calling him as a boy, it became clear that everybody knew that God had his hand on his life. You can read about this in 1 Samuel. It's an amazing thing. When you read 1 Samuel chapters 1, 2, and 3, you'll read this whole story I'm going to refer to this morning. But verse 20 of chapter 3 says, And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, that's north to south, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Everybody knew something's different about Samuel. Now Eli, his mentor, who was the high priest, 
He has been negligent in his spiritual discipline with his own sons. He died a tragic death soon after Samuel was called by God. And so there was no king in Israel at this time. Only men and sometimes women whom God used to speak to the children of Israel whenever he wanted to speak to his people. So you had this roller coaster of human obedience and disobedience to the word of God that placed the children of Israel in a precarious time of dangerous instability. They had no moral authority. They had no Ark of the Covenant. It had been taken captive by the Philistines. Eli, who's the high priest, has totally lost track of the movement of God's spirit and the responsibility of teaching obedience to the word of God to the next generation. So when Hannah, Samuel's mother, was hungry for a miracle from God because she could not have children, her womb was closed, but she went with her husband Elkanah and they went to the temple to sacrifice once a year, which is what's their custom. And when she went, she was so hungry for God, she prayed with such desperation so much earnestness that Eli the high priest thought that she was drunk Bible said he marked her mouth which means that he noticed that her lips were moving but there was no voice coming out and he said I can't believe lady that you would come up here in the temple and be drunk She's like, I'm not drunk. I'm just wanting God. I'm asking God to give me a child. I want God to give me a son. If God would only give me a child, I promise God I will give that child back to the Lord. And she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And it was a sacrifice that Samuel was born in. Not long after that, God opened her womb. She began to have children not only did she have Samuel but she had five other children you know why she brought Samuel back to the temple after he was weaned and could survive without his mother's milk they brought him back to the temple and she said here I'm giving them back to the Lord she giving them back to Hophni who accused her of being drunk she putting them back in an environment where Hophni, uh, where his two sons Eli's two sons Hophni and Phinehas are hellions they are out of control they are, the Bible says, sons of Belial. Do you know who Belial is? Satan. They are the spawn of Satan. Now, I know some of y'all run into kids, you know, down there at the restaurant and whatnot that y'all thought were the spawn of Satan. But these guys actually were. Look at verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. These guys, I'm telling you what, they are bad news. They're robbing from the sacrifice. And they got in trouble with God when they did that. God said, I turned my back on them when they started taking from the sacrifice. See, because God's looking for the anointing to follow the sacrifice. And when you read in, you, you got your Bibles, we'll read there a few verses. You got a couple minutes? All right, 1 Samuel 2, verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people that any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came with the flesh, was in seething with a flesh shook of three teeth in his hand. And he struck it in the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh shook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they ran up through there, whatever got on that hook, the priest got the rest of it, was the sacrifice that went up to God. And they did it in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before the burnt, the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man shall say unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I'll take it by force. The sons of Eli are taken 
what belongs to God and what belongs in the sacrifice and taking it by force because they don't care they've been around this temple and all this business so long they could care less about the things of God they're like we found a way we can make more we can get more we can skim off the top we're gonna take some of the sacrifice for ourselves and if you don't give it to us we're gonna take it by force wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord for men abhorred the offering of the Lord people didn't want to come people to come people in the community people in the village they oh God we got to go up there and deal with them two idiots I don't even want to go up there they're gonna be throwing that flesh hook and they're gonna be taking it they're gonna be telling us if we don't give it they're gonna intimidate all of that so we don't even want to go guess what God don't take too kind to that. But in the midst of all of this, verse 18, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. In the midst of all of this corruption, Eli, who won't deal with his kids, Hophni and Phinehas, who could care less about the things of God. But in the midst of it all, there's a little boy named Samuel who's born in sacrifice, who was born in earnestness. He's being led of God. Because God, my friend, is always going to have a place where his anointing will rest. Can I say something to this church this morning? You ought not to have to wait till a person is 21 or 33 or 40 years old to be used of God. I believe God is raising up young people right now that have an anointing upon their life. Now look at, look at this. The Lord visited Hannah. She conceived, bare three sons to Okay, I've got more. Now look at verse 22. Now Eli was very old, heard all of his sons did unto all of Israel, how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. I mean, they got right out there in front. There was a line going out the front. They were going down there picking who they like. I think I like that one. I think I like that one. As they were waiting to get in the house of God, these heathens... Get out there in front of the church, in front of God and everybody. And want to broadcast their immorality. Want to broadcast it. Want everybody to see it. We are wicked and we celebrate our wickedness. It's kind of like what happens today when people live immoral lives and want to put it on Facebook. Look at me. Raised up in church know what it is to have the power of God on their life and make a decision they don't want to serve God but they don't just try to do it in quietness no because we don't even live in a world that has any shame in it. they want everybody and people up in the church hitting like 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 what is the matter with you dear God in heaven got quiet then Now, if you don't want to hear this from me, then just read the Bible on your own. God says to Eli, He says, because you have honored your sons, you have dishonored me. Because you can't like iniquity without disliking God's word say well I don't want to offend them then don't say nothing at all but if you don't have to hit like like hard 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 like like hard 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 
You say, I want to show them some love. I'm going to tell you how you show love. You show love by praying for them. You show love by inviting them to the house of God. You show love by consecrating yourself to fasting one day a week. Not like, 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 like. Congratulations. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> I'm offending you now, aren't I? Good. You need to be offended. <laughs> now this is interesting because I started trying to figure out why. Folks, this was crucial. And we're going to talk about the second layer of this anointing tonight. But this was crucial because this is where the anointing of God upon the Levites changed and left and went over to the tribe of Judah, which is where David came from. All the way from the time that they were in Egypt till now, the anointing had been upon the Levites. But God said, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm tired of playing games with y'all. We better not think that just because we're apostolic, God has to bless us. Well, we got the revelation of the name of Jesus. Well, we have to do more than just know it. We got to live it. And I, I looked at this and I said, but, but Lord, Levi did, he did say something to his sons. Look at verse 23. And he said unto them, why do you these things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If a man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father. It's like Lot's kids when he told them, hey, destruction's coming to Sodom and Gomorrah. And they said, he's as one that beateth the air. You know why? Because there were no consequences. It was just words. Oh, no, Susie, you shouldn't do that. Now I'm going to say this, and i got kids that are here, and I'm going to say it so my kids hear it, and I want God to hear it, and I want you to hear it. So I'm going to put it in the atmosphere. If my kids grow up to be hellions, I'm not going to force them on you by putting them up here on this pulpit and honoring them. I'm not going to do it. I'll love them. I'll keep reaching for them. But if little Sophia, who's cute as a button, gets something to decide she wants to flip all around and act like an idiot and date every long-legged boy from Florida that ain't got a clue... I'm not going to put her up here with a microphone. Great is the Lord. Swinging her booty around. I'm not going to do it. You say, well, you don't love your kids. That's why I do love them. You can love them without honoring them. I'm not going to force my friends to celebrate iniquity, idolatry. There's got to be a sacrifice that gets in the heart of apostolics that said we got to have the anointing. Woo! Hallelujah! We've got to have the anointing of God. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Jesus help us. It's the anointing. Go ahead, Dr. Myers. Jesus. 
That's of the Lord. You ought to throw your hands into heaven. <laughs> Come on, you better make a commitment right now. God's talking to us. Ikotorabahatalabosi. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I feel like God's calling us right now to a place of repentance. I wonder if you'd lift your voice in your hands right now. Right where you're standing. Would you say, God, search my heart right now. Cleanse me, oh God.
Jesus, hear our cry today, oh God. We desire your anointing, God, more than anything. We desire your anointing, oh God. We desire your anointing, oh God. Jesus. The Bible says that when word came that the Ark of the Covenant had been taken captive by the Philistines, Hophni and Phinehas had died in battle. Eli was an old man now, sitting up there on his chair. They brought the word. The Ark has been taken captive. Your sons have died fell off his chair and broke his neck and died as a 98 year old man At the same time then it has his wife his daughter-in-law who was great with child went into labor she was in such sorrow but she gave birth to that boy he said what's his name and she said Ichabod which means the Spirit of the Lord hath departed. The question for all of us today in this 21st century, are we giving birth to Samuel or to Ichabod? Are we raising up a generation that will hunger for the things of God? Or are we raising up a generation that will not treasure the things of God? I don't know about you, but more than anything I want the anointing of God I want his presence in this place I want his anointing in my family I want it in my home I, I think everybody in this building says God I want your anointing don't let me live this life without your anointing and your favor Ladies and gentlemen, it won't happen without sacrifice. It's going to take a sacrifice. Brother Riley, I can't get over. I was telling the service earlier today. It's like my mind took a snapshot when we were in Bangladesh. We were trying to pray for that crowd, and they were all people of different religions. And at one point, I looked up, and around me, there were, I don't know how many, mothers with babies that were thrusting them forward like that I looked up and it was like my mind took a picture of it and I can't get it out of my head I see it in the middle of the night of all these babies around me and these hands thrusted they were saying I need prayer too but I can't do anything else for this child it's not like they got doctors they could go to I can't I've done all I can do will you just pray for my child they all just thrusted their babies up like that I feel like this is what God is calling First Pentecostal Church to what sacrifice can you hold up to God today to say God I've done all that I can do with this situation I'm going to turn it over to you I want the favor of heaven more than my own personal happiness I'm not going to elevate my family over my faith I'm going to say more 
than anything. I've got to have the anointing of God. And if I have your anointing, you can save my children, you can save my marriage, you can save my job, you can save my home. Everything that I need, I find in you if I put it on the altar. So I want to ask you today, I feel like the Lord's speaking to our hearts. What is it that you can come down to this altar with and give it to God? What is the situation? What is the relationship? What is that thing that you have been holding on to that you treasure? But, but today, you feel God leading you to thrust it forward and to put it into His hands. Would you step out from where you're standing? Would you bring that to the Lord right now? Let that be your sacrifice. Come on, I'm going to bring it to the Lord. I'm going to put it in His hands. Yes. I'm going to give it over to God. I'm going to put it on the altar. I'm not going to be negligent, Lord, and try to just solve it all on my own. But I'm going to come and give it to you today, God. This is my sacrifice that I'm giving you. This is what I want to put on the altar today. Come on, I'm going to give this over to you right now. People are coming from all over the building. Come on. Come on, bring it. Give it to the Lord right now. Those of you that are in the aisle, if you can just press down a little bit more so people can come in behind you. There's still room down here on either side of these aisles. Come on, I want us to press down here just as tight as we can. I want you to hold that, whatever it is, I want you to hold it up to God. It may be a lost child. It may be an unsaved loved one. It may be a miracle that God has talked to you about. But you just put it on the altar today. You give it over to God today. Come on, there's an anointing that's going to come. But you got to offer a sacrifice today. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Jesus. I give it all. 